Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we're going to talk about some very practical tips to heal your relationship with money. And there is a special bonus to help you put these money tips into practice. Now, they say that you teach what you need to learn, and this is certainly true for me when it comes to money. I went from having a house to being just one step away from homelessness because of financial abuse. I lost control of my financial interests and was left so traumatized and fearful from my experience of having to learn to survive week to week and just scrape by. And, you know, in doing that, I proved that I could make money stretch like a rubber band ready to snap. But I also experienced a loss of confidence. It took years for me to heal this. Now, why do I share this about me? I experienced, what I experienced is something that 99% of women who have been in abusive relationships also experience. These women are all financially abused and you may be one of these women too. So I needed to heal the wounds that many other victims and survivors of abusive relationships need to heal too. So that's why this episode is here this week to help you. So let's open the door on this week's episode to help you heal your relationship with money so that you can rebuild financially on the other side of leaving an abusive relationship. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Okay, let's talk about money, honey, and see what you can do to start healing your relationship with money. Now, author Mark Twain says the root of all evil is lack of money. Now, this is completely the opposite to things that you may have heard in your childhood. Maybe you're like me and you heard money is the root of all evil or money doesn't grow on trees. Things like lack, scarcity and uncertainty are all the roots of fear. Now, fear can strip you of confidence and hold you back and keep you stuck in a perpetual state of lack and limitation. So your beliefs become self-fulfilling prophecies. So what do I mean by that? Basically, what you believe is what you can achieve. Even if it is the last thing that you want in the world, if you believe it to be true, then you will bring more of this about in your life to back up your beliefs. So 
So this is why it is really important when you want to improve your financial situation that you must also work on your mindset. That's why I've created a free ebook called Money Mindset Journal and Freedom Planner. Now, this journal has has printable templates to help you to work on practical exercises to crunch some numbers with a bit of help, of course, to help you find more money and create a budget that will help you move forward. It helps you to wrap your head around any debt you might have and better still, it will help you to manage your way out of debt and then Of course, there is a savings planner in there as well. So then this is this journal is combined with affirmations and with tips to help you work on changing your mindset also. This is the part where you get to change your beliefs around money. When you do this, you will be raising yourself up out of that place of desperation that has been keeping you stuck going around in the same circle. Instead, once you change your beliefs around money, you will start to attract more opportunities to get ahead and rebuild your life to one where you are in control of your finances and you have regained financial security. So this is what you need to be striving for or you will be aching to be striving for this in your life. So once you are in control of your finances, your confidence will skyrocket. So money is not the root of all evil. Having only enough money to just scrape by and being confronted with debt is the thing that takes you to a place of high pressure, which sucks the joy out of life. So allow yourself time for this transformation to take place. Don't be impatient because small changes can make a big difference. Remember that Rome wasn't built in a day but you will be amazed at how these small incremental changes can add up to make a significant difference over time. So there is a link in the notes for you to access the Money Mindset Journal and Freedom Planner. So don't forget to go to the notes after this episode and get that printed off for yourself. Remember, this is a free resource. So no matter how little you may have in the way of money to throw around at this particular moment in time, this is not going to get in the way of you accessing this ebook for you to get started today on rebuilding your life by healing your finances. And a little disclaimer, This is not to be taken as financial advice. I am not a financial advisor or financial counsellor. I am a money-minded coach and I help people to become more financially literate so that they can manage their money better. And I work on helping people to change their mindset to help them to heal their relationship with money. I want you to blast through your money blocks and watch your self-worth and your net worth grow. Now, poor self-worth is the greatest block to increasing your net worth. 
to help you with this, you can join my workshop, which is designed to help you bolster your self-worth, to help you increase your net worth. Just look in the notes again for the links to join the next workshop. So this is a separate link to the ebook link and just look in the notes for it. Now, I believe the best way to grow your wealth is by creating good habits. So there'll be certain habits that you have at the moment which are not serving you well when it comes to managing your money. So as you listen, you're going to be given some tips on how to change those habits. And these new habits that you are going to put into your life and make a part of your life are going to help you to grow your wealth. And this can happen when you adopt a growth mindset and you gain that financial literacy that you need to know how to make your money work for you. So let's start with something really simple but incredibly powerful in its transformation transformative capabilities when this particular exercise is practiced regularly. So you may have heard that um, the attitude of gratitude is very, very powerful when it comes to attracting more abundance into your life. So your worth can only grow when you remember to appreciate and acknowledge all that you have. So I want you to try to count your blessings every day and watch your life become richer and more rewarding as each day passes. Okay, so now it's your turn. We're going to do a little gratitude exercise to help you supercharge bringing more of what you need and what you want into your life. So first, I want you to think about the thing that you are most grateful for right now. And I want you to think about how having this thing makes you feel. Is it happy? Is it secure? Is it fulfilled? Is it fortunate? Describe how this makes you feel. Okay, next I want you to think about something that symbolises this thing that you are grateful for. Is it something like a feather or maybe a river? Is it maybe an animal? Or perhaps it's something like a cool breeze? What does this symbol represent for you with this thing that you are grateful for? So, for example... I am grateful for my children. Why am I grateful for my children? They give me purpose. They give me motivation to be my best, to be the best version of myself that I can be. So when I think of something that symbolises my children, what came to my mind, the first thing that came to my mind is a circle. So for me... The circle represents an unbreakable connection between us and a circle also represents eternal love. So that's what it represents to me and that's just an example to help you think of what symbol um, 
symbolizes the thing that you are grateful for and then you can then think about what that means what the relevance of that symbolism is for that thing and next I want you to think about three things that you are grateful for in the past with that thing that you said that you are grateful for so for me it's my children and in the past, you know, I've been incredibly grateful that I was able to conceive four children. I've got one ovary and it's a real blessing for me to have had been successful in conceiving four children and giving birth naturally to my children. I'm incredibly grateful for that. Next is that I have had the privilege of being there to take care of each of my children and see them grow up so being there for them has been something that I've been incredibly grateful for and finally I'm grateful that I've always managed to provide them with their needs this has been something that has been a huge area that when I reflect back I can see that every step of the way I've been able to provide my children with what they need and I'm incredibly grateful for this. Next I want you to think about three things that you are grateful for right now with that thing that you are grateful for. So for me it is that I've been have that I have this open line of communication with each of my children that I've got a good relationship with each of them and that we are very open they know that I accept them and love them for who they are so I'm also very grateful that they're all in good health and that they are all learning to become independent and to manage their own money that's I'm incredibly grateful for that that they're learning these lessons now as they're growing up so that when they go into adulthood that they are going to know that money having money is a choice and that's what we choose to spend our money on is in our control that we can set up good habits for ourselves with money very early on and they're learning these things now as they're growing up I'm incredibly grateful for that so for them to be financially literate as they go into adulthood I know is going to serve them well so lastly I want you to think about three things that you can be grateful for in the future with the thing that you are grateful for so for me it is that I am grateful that my children have been given healthy boundaries to help them to choose healthy boundaries for their future relationships and just their lives in general. I'm also grateful that they have learned to be resilient and adaptable with the uncertain times that we've been through together as a family and that the skills that they've learned going through these experiences that that I see it already helping them with other uncertain times and I know that these skills, these life skills will help them with whatever they face in the future. I'm incredibly grateful for that and I'm grateful that they know that they are free to be themselves. That is so valuable to me because I know that them understanding that they are free to be 
whoever they choose to be and they want to be is going to liberate them and help them to keep their self-worth strong as they go through life, knowing that who they are is perfect and um, a great place for them to have a foundation for their adulthood. So I hope that you can see just from my examples that this exercise gives more depth to your level of gratitude. And the deeper your feelings of gratitude and appreciation run, the more the fountain of wealth and abundance will flow into your life. So that's why that exercise is really important to do. And if you want to take time, you can pause um, pause this episode and you can just do this exercise and then continue on with the episode to just give you time to come up with all of your own answers for that thing that you are grateful for and for you to see those different levels of what it symbolizes, why it symbolizes that for you, and then to look at things, you know, past, present, and future. It just, it's all these different layers that really enrich and um, and make you appreciate that thing even more on such a deeper level. So it's really powerful, and I encourage you to do this exercise and try and incorporate it. I wouldn't say that, you know, it's something that you would necessarily be doing every day, but it is actually a really good gratitude exercise that you might want to start doing on a daily basis, just say for 30 days, um, because that will set you up. And it because this is what it takes to start to create good new habits. So if you are, if you like that exercise, I encourage you to try doing that, say, for 30 days um, because that's just going to set that great habit up for you for your future to keep your mind in that positive state of gratitude. It's such an important place to try and keep your mind. Okay. So and now the the next tip that I'm going to give you um, is one that you, you must plan if you want to succeed in any area of your life. And I want you to know that I get that you may have been really shaken up by your experiences and that this has caused you or may have caused you to have a mental block when it comes to future planning. I know that was certainly the case for me. But if you fail to plan, the alternative is that you will plan to fail. And it's a really confronting truth. But if you can wrap your head around this, that'll give you the motivation that you need to actually say, as hard as it might be for me to set plans and make plans or have a goal that 
it's something I need to learn to do again because if I don't do this, I'm going to remain. The alternative is that you could remain a victim of circumstance, which just means that, you know, it, on one hand, it's fantastic to learn to go with the flow um, because you're, you might be in choosing the path of least resistance. You, it might be what you need to do to keep your sanity, to keep surviving. But if you want to rebuild, then you need to shift from that place of that path of least resistance and you need to start taking back control of your life. And one way to start doing that is to start setting yourself goals. So the best goals that you can set for yourself, they're called SMART goals. And why are they called SMART goals? They're called SMART goals because SMART goals are based on a formula for success. And I'm going to just run through this formula. I've done this in a previous episode, but because this is just such an important um, important tool for you to have in creating new habits, I'm going to go through it again quite quickly, but this is something you can go back and replay and um, it, it is actually featured in the free ebook too. So you'll find that the SMART goals are in there as well. So S stands for specific. Now you need to get specific with your goals. If you say I want a new car, then that is too vague, okay? You need to get more specific and say something like, I want a hybrid car that is secondhand and you need to also get specific about the make and the model. So that's an example of getting specific on a goal and I'm going to use this example as I explain the SMART goals. So next is M, which is it stands for measurable. You need to be able to measure your goal. Once you have the make and model of the car, you need to know how much you're prepared to spend. So you set your limit and you say um, that it is under $15,000. So you cap it at $15,000. But how are you going to pay for this? Are you going to sell your current car and pay the difference in savings? Or are you looking to finance? And if you're looking to finance, how long will this contract be and what are you going to be paying on top of that $15,000 for the privilege of having the finance for it? So finance could be very costly and um, you might want to look at adapting your goal because you want to avoid paying lots of interest unnecessarily. So you might change your goal. And so I'll just explain that because the more detail that you give to your goals, it will work on the next part of the formula. It'll help you with that, which is the next part of the formula is A, and that stands for achievable. For you to be successful with any goal, it needs to be achievable for you. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have to stretch you. 
it should stretch you, you know, a little bit, but not to the point where it's making you go backwards. That's the last thing you want. You, you don't want to be going backwards from where you are now. So for you to succeed, your goal needs to be achievable. So is $15,000 on your car achievable or do you need to change the make and the model and set your budget at, say, $10,000 or maybe $5,000? What's achievable for you? This is not about anybody else. This is all about you and what is achievable for you. So maybe, you know, you do have this goal of getting a hybrid, but maybe right now you need to consider something that is in your price range and make the hybrid your next goal car. So the next part of the formula is, and I'll explain why I've said that now, because the next part of the formula is R and R stands for relevant. So once you've established that the make, the make, the model, the cost, where the money is going to come from and where your limit is, you need to work out the relevance of your goals. So why is this goal important to you? Is it because your current car is not far off needing some expensive maintenance and it is time to get something newer and more reliable? So for many of us, a car is a necessity, especially if you have children. So that's it could be the relevance for you. It's necessary. You need a car. A car represents independence for you. And it is what gives you the ability to be able to get from A to B with ease. So a car will be, for many of you, an important tool for day-to-day life. So this is what I mean by relevance of it. And lastly, T stands for time bound. So this is the part where you get a time frame uh, on when you expect to achieve your goal. Uh, So with the case of the car, if you have a budget of $15,000 and you expect to get $5,000 for the sale of your car, and you have a goal in place to save $10,000 to make up the balance, then you do the math and you figure out that if you set aside $96 a week for the next two years, you will have the money saved to buy the car. So that's just an example. You might not want to wait for two years and you might need to look at altering your budget to make it achievable for you to be able to get a car sooner. So, well, you just going through each of those different things. So the, we'll go through them again. S stands for specific. M stands for measurable. A stands for achievable. R stands for relevant. And T stands for time bound. If you stick with those when you are setting your goals, then you can achieve your goals. So I'm not suggesting that this example is a realistic example for you and your situation. So this example that I've shared with you is purely an example just to illustrate what a SMART goal looks like. So now it's your turn to create a SMART goal for yourself. 
And I'd like to suggest that you start with a small goal that can be achieved in a short amount of time. So let's say you want to pamper yourself with a relaxation massage. And let's say that it costs $50. And let's say that you set aside $12.50 a week. And let's say you need this massage to release some of the tension that you've been holding onto from the stress that you've been under and that this will help you to unwind and feel better and this will be an important form of self-care for you. So there's the relevance there. And let's say you are going to book this in for a month's time. So what you will need to succeed in reaching your goal because you know how much the session is and you have allocated enough money each week to make it possible for you to do this. So you've worked it all out. You know that you just need $12.50 set aside for four weeks to make it achievable for you to have that $50 massage in a month's time so that you feel better, you feel nourished, you've released all of that tension and you feel great because guess what? You've achieved your goal. And this goal, is picking a goal like this, which is something that's really nourishing to you in the form of self-care, is going to help you feel more confident about moving forward and setting another goal. And this time, with your newfound confidence, you can start setting bigger goals for yourself. So this, this is just to introduce to yourself again um, to give you the confidence that you need that, yeah, I can actually do this. I've set a plan for myself. I've put a plan in action. I know what it is that I want and I've worked out how, what I need to do to achieve it. And you've just broken it down into chunks bit by bit using the SMART goal method. And that is then going to give you that confidence that you need to go on to make some bigger goals for yourself. So I want you to remember to celebrate your wins too when you reach your goals. So give yourself the kudos that you deserve for sticking with your goal and achieving it. It's really important to mark and celebrate that because, again, that's going to give you the motivation because you'll be like, yeah, that felt great. I feel really good. I feel really good about myself being able to do that. That'll give you the motivation, the drive to set that next bigger goal and that will then give you the momentum that you need to keep going. So the next thing that you need to do if you have not already done this is to keep a record of your account. So now we're getting into some more of the practical nitty-gritty stuff that helps you to take back control of your finances. So you need to keep a record of your accounts and make sure that you keep this information secure, okay? Remember to change your passwords regularly and never save your password for easy login when it comes to your money accounts. So there are apps out there that you can use and I'm not going to give you any recommendations about this. Um, so I would just suggest to you that you do a bit of research yourself about 
um, apps, look at reviews and see which one is user-friendly for you. Probably go for the most user-friendly one that comes with, you know, a high rating and good reviews and just to keep your information in order and easily accessible for you. So, but you might be a bit old school too and might not like using an app. You might like to have a living document, say, on your computer that you can change and alter when you make changes to your accounts, but just something that's going to keep all that information together for you. So it's a one-stop place because it's so easy to jot down passwords and then lose them and bring yourself unraveled because you um, have sort of locked yourself out of an account and then that can cause a whole lot of stress. So if you get organised, then the information that you need to stay on top of all your accounts is going to be really at your fingertips, which is what you want it to be. Okay. Now, next, I want to talk a little bit about different accounts. Okay. The purpose of different accounts and what accounts are good to consider and what accounts maybe are not helping you right now. So one thing we'll just start off and I'll just say it's good to shop around with bank accounts and look for a no or low interest savings or debit account. So if you're in, if you're receiving any kind of um Pension at the moment, if you're uh, being subsidised with your income with welfare, then you may very well have access to a no interest bank account. So it's definitely worth investigating and seeing if you can access an account like that. You might be pleasantly surprised and find that you can access an account like that and use an account like that, which will save you considerable amount of money over time so it's definitely worth exploring now debit cards are a better alternative than a credit card now credit cards can be a a real black hole for people they can they can help you to give you a credit rating but they can also get you into dire straits where you can end up having a very bad credit rating because you have not been able to keep up with the interest payments on your credit card. So they credit cards do have a high interest rate attached to them. And these high interest rates also apply to store cards. I know that it feels good to have a credit card as a backup for if you need an emergency fund. But this can be incredibly costly where you may end up paying 18% monthly on the balance and you might find yourself going backwards instead of your position of where you are now, which might even be like just scraping by, just covering costs. And when you've got a credit card and you um, use that for a big expense, which is there as a buffer, you might find that that is the thing that makes you go under financially because it's just that bit more than you can afford to manage um, and just scrape by. So yeah, credit cards, um, you know yourself, 
better than anyone and you know what your history with credit cards is like. So you know whether you are able to manage a credit card or whether credit cards are just bad news for you. So you are the best judge really when it comes to that. And um, yeah, I'm not going to make any recommendations just to accept to say that they have high interest rates and that these high interest rates can become really costly for you. So what can you do as an alternative if you have a bad credit rating because of debt from financial abuse? What can you do to create an emergency buffer? So there are a couple of alternatives that you might want to think about. You may wish to get a prepaid Visa card where you have the ability to top it up. So you can treat this Visa card or MasterCard uh, as a backup savings account, but you need to be very, very disciplined as this card is easily accessible as a credit card. So um, you might be tempted to use it for something. You're not going to get the interest, high interest rate on it, but you might be tempted to use it for something that's not really necessary and it will take you back to square one where you will be need to be topping it up again to get that buffer back in place for emergencies. So, again, you know yourself. So you will be the best judge of knowing whether you can be strict on yourself about what this money gets used for um, or not, okay? So are you the type of person who sees, you know, goes shopping and sees something and thinks, oh, I just really, really want to get that thing and I don't want to have to wait for it and it's there right now and blow it. I've got the money there in the buffer account on the card. I'll just get it now, blow it. You know, are you that type of person or are you really strict with yourself about your spending choices? Only you can answer that question. But just remember to get smart with your goals and get smart with what you set money aside for, okay? Get the same way that you do with your SMART goals. Get really specific about what that card is there for. So if you get really clear on saying this card is just here for emergencies and then you say, okay, so but okay, I've said it's an emergency fund, but what does an emergency look like to me? So is that emergency, the fridge breaks down and I need to get a new fridge? Is that emergency, um, there's some medical expenses that I need to cover. Get clear on what the emergency might be so that when something arises, you can do a mental check. And if you're being tempted to use that card for anything else other than what you've already specified is an emergency and what that card should be used for, you'll have to think twice before you use it. And hopefully you can be strict enough with yourself and say, eh, as much as I really want that thing right now, 
I want to have this money here set aside for other things in case they happen. So I'm not going to touch it for this thing that I could probably do without. Only you can answer that question. So another type of account that you might want to consider is having a fixed term savings account. So what this means is that whatever money you deposit into this account cannot be touched without penalties for a certain period of time. So that period of time might be six months, it might be a year, it might be two years. This is a great idea for when you get your SMART goals. You can also use this for a financial buffer and you just knowing that, say, for example, that if you deposit, let's say, $25 per week and let's times it by 26 weeks, which is six months, that at the end of six months, you'll have $650 in that account. So depending on what your goal is, what your SMART goal is for that account, you can work out, okay, what can I manage to set aside in savings to achieve that goal? So you can work that out by working backwards and saying, okay, this is a fixed term account. And I'm going to give you another example about something that happens especially for mums. Okay, so let's say with this example that you've got children and you know that November through to February, you have seasonal expenses like you've got Christmas presents, you've got school holidays, you've got new school shoes, possibly new school uniform items, you've got stationary supplies that you have to get. And with a fixed term account set up expressly to pay for these things, you could look at your history of spending to see what you pay on average for all these expenses and then divide it by 52 weeks. So just for example, if you have worked out that you need $2,000 to cover these expenses, then you know that you have to deposit $38.50 per week to achieve this. This is in a fixed 12 months, that's using that example of a 12-month fixed term account. So you can't touch any of that money as it's going in over that 52 weeks, but at the end of that 52 weeks, you can access those funds and you can use those funds for the purpose of getting the Christmas presents, doing some things over the school holidays, getting new shoes or school shoes or uniform items, getting stationary supplies. And you can breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you have enough money set aside to cover these expenses rather than getting to November again and thinking, how the heck am I going to get through the next few months and covering all these costs? Because You've just been managing, just scraping by, and there isn't a buffer there. So creating these buffers can make a massive difference to the amount of pressure that you're under financially. So, and like I said to you, it doesn't have to be a massive amount. Something like under $40 a week set aside can make a big difference to 
create that buffer that you need to cover those really important items at that time of the year. Now, there is a saying, it goes, money hates chaos. And it is quite common for victims and survivors' lives to be very, very chaotic on pretty much every level. So is it any wonder that women that, sorry, is it any wonder that money seems to just slip through your fingers? The great news is that you can do so many things to change this and it can start first with you learning to value yourself again. So if you need some help with this, jump into the next workshop, which, as I said, jump into the episode notes and the link will be there for you to do this. The next thing is to create some order with your finances. So start taking back control and putting your finances in order by taking a look at what accounts you have and look at accounts you might want to get rid of, like credit cards and other high interest accounts, and possibly new accounts you might like to add, like fixed term savings accounts. So You have now done a gratitude exercise to help you supercharge the flow of more abundance in your life and you have set yourself a SMART goal and you have um, work to do with making a record of all your accounts and doing a review on these accounts to make changes that will help you to heal your hip pocket. So next time we will take a look at some tips to manage debt. So okay, that's it. I hope that um, you've found some value in this episode. I want you to know that you can heal your life and your financial position from where you are right now. As I said, the information provided in this episode is not financial advice. There are financial counsellors who can help you to navigate the best course for you to take to manage your financial situation. You can access support with financial counsellors by doing a search online. So many domestic violence support services will refer victims and survivors of abusive relationships on to financial counsellors. So don't hesitate to talk to a support worker about your financial situation and let them know you would like some help. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you that I can see a brighter future for you when you make some changes that will heal your relationship with money. Wishing you every success in your future. Stay well and stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. 
I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light 
and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.